0: Everyone faces challenges every single day. Some are chosen and bring us joy. Some are given to us and bring struggle or pain. Whether the diagnosis of an illness, the news of a friend's death, the loss of a job, or a bike accident, we may be asked to step up to face issues that demand courage and perseverance. Hurt is just one of the many aspects of full lives. Each week on this show, act, taking hurt to hope. Dr. Joanne Dahl helps us understand how we can use acceptance and commitment therapy to learn to accept what we cannot change and move forward into a valued life. Now, here's your host, Dr. Joanne Dahl.
1: Welcome to ACT, Taking Her to Hope. Today we're going to talk about a new book that's just been released called ACT and RFT in Relationships. It is authored by myself, Ian Stewart, Christopher Martell, and Jonathan Kaplan. We're going to do a program today about this book and how to keep healthy, vital relationships, more specifically, romantic relationships or intimate relationships. I'd like to start off just by giving you some statistics. Um, on what happens when you don't maintain healthy relationships some statistics on divorce uh, In the past 20 years the divorce rate has increased over 50% among baby boomers and more and more adults are staying single and according to analysis on the census data conducted conducted at Bowling Green State University in Ohio divorce numbers have will continue to rise Baby boomers that remain unmarried are five times more likely to live in poverty compared to those that are married. Uh, on the average, the first marriages that end in divorce last about eight years. And of the first marriages for those women from nineteen fifty who got married from 1955 to 1959, about 79% marked their 15th anniversary as compared to only 57% for women who've been married for the first time from 1985. To 1989. Uh, the effects of divorce are quite dramatic. Um, according to the, a new paper published in the Journal of Men's Health, divorce can take great mental and physical toll on men. Specifically, divorced and unmarried men have higher rates of mortality and are prone to substance abuse and depression than are married men. Um, Otherwise, in both men and women, uh, the general symptoms of divorce can be chronic stress, trouble sleeping, a weakened immune system, depression and anxiety, and weight gain. When you look at children, uh, it seems that parents don't realize that the damage they do children when they battle, or, or by the battles they wage over them. and separating, parents rarely behave reasonably Often uh, what they believe they're doing is is reasonable. Children of divorced parents are more likely to experience conflict in their own marriages, according to the American Psychological Association, and they're more likely to experience divorce themselves. So all in all, there are certainly reasons to do your best to establish and maintain a healthy, vital relationship. Oh, I'd like to... Um, Read you uh, the first page in in our new book that's just come out, Act RFT in and relationships, and then we're gonna have, I'm gonna bring to uh, the program, uh, Jonathan Kaplan, our author, co-author of the book, uh, to to help discuss this book. Romantic love is a meaningful experience for countless human beings. It can bring great joy, but it also can bring immense pain and suffering. Given the importance of love for so many people, it behooves us to understand it to the greatest possible extent in both its positive and negative effects. The conventional view of romantic love is as emotional experience. This view has become prevalent throughout the world and is especially well established in the modern Western society. In many cultures, love in this sense, rather than duty or social standing, has become the predominant reason for people to establish long-term committed relationships. To date, psychological research has well has focused typically on the emotional aspects of love which are sometimes conflated with cognitions and behaviors. Given that the field of psychology has been dominated by a focus on love as an emotion, we propose a different perspective. From the vantage point of modern behavioral analysis, and more specifically relational frame theory and acceptance and commitment therapy, we suggest that to consider love as a valued action offers a novel perspective when they can lead to vibrant and
2: fulfilling relationships.
1: So I want to welcome you Jonathan.
2: Hi Joanne, thanks so much for having me.
1: Uh, Jonathan Kaplan who we, we've had before Dr. Jonathan Kaplan is Jonathan is a clinical psychologist and a professor in New York City and author of another book called Urban Mindfulness." Jonathan, um, when uh, you came on board on this book, what was your vision?
2: Well, the the topic of the book really uh, excited and interested me. Now, as you mentioned, uh, we seem to be having as a society increasing difficulty with maintaining healthy relationships over time, Mm -hmm. and this has coincided. With a heavy emphasis on love as a feeling in relationships.
1: Mm.
2: While this is wonderful, all of us love to feel love, be in love, Mm. focusing on it exclusively in relationships gives us trouble. Mm -hmm. And in this book, we had an opportunity really to examine love as a behavior, examine love as a value. And consider it in ways that can promote intimacy and promote maintaining healthy relationships over time. Mm-hmm.
1: Isn't this, isn't this a risky uh, book, Jonathan? If you, it seems like that the book de-romanticizes love. And don't people love romance?
2: <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Uh, many people love romance, and I do too. Uh, as does my my partner. <laughs> and we're certainly, as authors of this book, not opposed to romance as a feeling or a behavior. However, the idea of romance causes trouble for many people. Mm. So, for example, in the book, we talk about the problematic ways in which we think, or, to put it from an act or RFP, RFT perspective, the way we verbally relate to common issues in relationships like love and romance.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, Valentine's Day is coming up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and it's a loaded holiday. Yeah. There are many things that we're supposed to say, do, buy. Mm-hmm. And with all of this societal pressure and our thinking about it, we can easily lose contact with the real lived experience of being with a particular someone.
0: Mm, mm.
2: So our book is really designed to help people realize the ways in which they perpetuate their own disconnection from others.
1: Yeah. One of the the authors that we looked at in this book uh, was Stephanie Kuntz and with her book, uh, The Way We Never Were. Mm. That was, uh, for me, quite a revolutionary book, she proposes that actually romantic love uh, is the major cause of the divorce rate we have.
2: Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Because the love-based marriage is something quite new to human beings. What, what did she mean by that?
2: Well, essentially what, what she was pointing to is that historically – Uh, marriage and and partnering were based on sort of other more stable factors Mm -hmm. things like health or education or shared religion or spiritual perspective Mm -hmm. and really what these point to are the is the importance of values when it comes to being in relationship Mm -hmm. as opposed to relying solely on an emotional experience
1: Mm-hmm. So this might look like uh, I remember her documentation From the 1850s Where uh, critics uh, Talked about love based marriage And they said well if, you, if we're going to uh, Rely on Or est- uh, Establish something so important As the institution of partnership And family on an emotion of uh, mm-hmm. Being in love or not being in love What's going to happen the day You fall out of love Mm-hmm.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. And, and we hear this happen all the time. You know, there's, it's common for folks to say, no, I love this person, but I'm not in love with this person.
1: Yeah. And Jonathan, you're a, um, a couples therapist in New York City. How common is that, that people uh, would, would use that as a cause of leaving a relationship that they fell out of love
2: uh i'd say it's it's fairly common uh not only the the absence of that initial passionate kind of excitement mm-hmm. unfortunately when it's when it's missing people can also seek it elsewhere mm-hmm. and, and this is where uh it can lead to sort of infidelities in a relationship sort of seeking uh love outside of of a partnership or marriage
1: mm-hmm. yeah. We uh, we talked about this in the book. Um, we were talking about love filling up a, a void. Uh, could you explain that?
2: Uh, sure, sure. Well, the we we can relate to love in relationship um, as a feeling, and in particular as a as a feeling that we receive from someone else. Mm-hmm. So so in other words, we're really operating from uh, a state of deficiency where mm-hmm. we're not complete, we're not whole. We really sort of tell ourselves that we need a love or we need to be loved mm-hmm. in order to uh, sort of be in a relationship or even be in the world in a mm-hmm. healthy way.
1: Mm-hmm. That sounds... Um Something close to narcissism. If you think, if um, if um, if I have a need to be loved, then who am I in love with?
2: Indeed, indeed. <laughs> um, and it it really undermines our our own ability to act in loving ways towards other people, uh, to act in loving ways towards ourselves.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Because we're we're so hooked, or we're so dependent on receiving that love from elsewhere.
1: Wouldn't that also be almost like an drug dependency?
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I haven't thought about it. <laughs> uh, the... I I could see that I could see that sort of jonesing for love and and needing to get our fix really sort of craving that uh, something that's outside of ourselves really being addicted to it Mm -hmm. and And here the addiction is to is basically towards an awesome feeling Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: That experience of excitement joy delight uh, and love is amazing amazing so who wouldn't want to, to feel that?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I I thought about that, that you, um, we also bring up in the book, uh, when you feel you've lost that, um, you know, I know that you, Jonathan, uh, are interested in mindfulness and meditation, as I am as well. And um, one of my thoughts was that um, we one of the things that happens that, degenerates a relationship is when we start stereotyping each other you could say John, jonathan he's like that and you know and i'm like this and and um we and of course then, then things get a little boring because we have um tried to, we, we are predicting the other person's behavior but in in reality uh we are infinitely more complex than mm. we think we are so, so actually, you could—the person you left in the morning is not the same person you go home to at night, uh, and and you could spend the rest of your life exploring your own complexity and your partner's complexity, right?
2: Absolutely, absolutely, and we're perpetually changing from moment to moment, mm. uh, as are our partners,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and yet, uh, as you point out, we we often relate to each other. You know, uh, Based on what we think of the of ourselves, or we relate to our partner in the way that we think of the other person,
0: mm-hmm.
2: all this can be helpful in sort of a shorthand kind of way. As you point out, what it does is it really cuts us off from experiencing variety within ourselves, experiencing variety within another person.
1: Right. So you really, if you if you felt things were getting uh, maybe a little boring, instead of uh, infidelity, or looking somewhere else, you actually have a wealth of resource uh, in in your relationship.
2: Right, right, right. And as you're pointing out, Joanne, like there's this opportunity to to really reconnect in a way that's viscerally tied to our experiencing of another person, mm-hmm. right? and even experiencing our own selves in relationship. Mm-hmm. So so in the book, for example, we talk uh, about one of the barriers to intimacy as being uh, something technically referred to as fusion with self as content.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Explain that.
2: Well, well, essentially uh, what that means is that uh, when we think about ourselves in particular ways, we get very tied to these self perceptions in ways that uh prevent us from experiencing the real world as it unfolds mm-hmm. and we can do the same thing in terms of uh fusion with other as content if you will mm-hmm. um, you know these beliefs that we have about our partners mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. So it would be two stereotype pictures meet each other. And do you think that the reason we do that is because we, we are establishing some sort of illusion of, of security and predictability?
2: I think so. I think so. Um, no, I, I believe that one of the, the reasons that we do that is, is in some ways, it's protective.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, that... You know, in relating to each other in this way, uh, we don't necessarily open ourselves up to experiencing another person, which can, when we do that, prompt us to feel very vulnerable.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah
2: and yet, if we sort of stay safely behind these categories, these stereotypes, then we're not as emotionally open and we're not as uh, likely to get hurt emotionally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, as you point out, that disconnection costs us, costs us a lot in terms of intimacy and our ability really to, to be in a relationship in a fulfilling and genuine way.
1: Yeah. If you think about it in that way, uh, I don't know you as a, if you as a therapist see people have gotten married several times and then discover uh, that actually the, that, that pattern is repeated mm uh if if you learn to take care of your own emotions, and this is the second part of the book, is about you know what you, we can do about it. And I think there's a uh, it's a section called uh, relationships and psychological flexibility. Mm. And it was I think we wrote this for most people. Establishing and maintaining long term intimate relationship is indeed a delicate and complex undertaking, and for some, intimate relationships may in fact present the greatest challenge in life. Love and intimacy create a context for the full spectrum of emotion from euphoric highs to depth of sorrow in Which emotions can change from one minute to the next In this context we see people's best and worst behavior patterns What 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 does um, the book offer in this? uh, for this enormous challenge
2: well, the, the book offers a few things. I mean, first of all, it really normalizes this experience of being in a relationship. So we don't suggest that relationships should be wonderful all the time, uh, nor, nor are we preaching doom and gloom and proclaiming that, you know, all relationships are doomed to fail. But instead, uh, we really note that relationships can be exciting and stressful. Mm -hmm. which is all the more reason not to overemphasize our emotional experiences uh, in relationships. Mm -hmm. In addition, our book invites the reader to explore what intimacy means for him or her in the context of a romantic relationship, Mm -hmm. and more pointedly, how, how one can act in ways that promote such intimacy, Mm -hmm. So it's no longer a matter of really being on the receiving end of our partner's behaviors or their emotional states, nor are we at the whim of of simply what we feel. Mm -hmm. But really, there's an opportunity here for us to have agency with how we want to be in the relationship. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think our book really encourages people to articulate what that is. And right. if, if intimacy is important to us as a value, how do we establish that? How do we promote that? Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, in the beginning of the book, it says that the book is not a prescription of how to keep intimacy. But um, is it possible, Jonathan, um, now that we're getting towards the end of the program, uh, to pick out a re- recipe for how to maintain vitality in a relationship? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, I think the discerning reader can find a few things. Here. <laughs> um, so, so for example, um, uh, you know, one thing is to notice what your mind is telling you about yourself, your partner and your relationship and really to be on the lookout for times when you're, you know, as we would call it fused with. Or, or rigidly believing the content of what coming of what is coming to mind. Mm-hmm. So even regardless of the truthfulness of mm-hmm. such thoughts, they mm-hmm. often really get in the way of being with another person in ways characterized by presence, openness, curiosity, love, even. Mm-hmm. Uh, in addition, we we need to be aware. Of topics or emotions or internal experiences that that we're avoiding especially when we're with our partner Mm -hmm. often we don't want to feel uh, what we would consider to be quote-unquote negative emotions like feeling scared sad or vulnerable with another person so we'll resort to all sorts of ways to make sure that we don't Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: and unfortunately these desperate attempts to feel good in the relationship also can act as barriers to intimacy and genuineness.
1: do you have an example of that what that type of things would be that uh how
2: you would avoid yeah, absolutely. I see this a lot uh, when I work with couples is that oftentimes there's there's something that the partner wants in the relationship but is scared of of the other partner's disapproval
1: mm-hmm.
2: So, you know, for example, it might be that one partner wants some more space in the relationship and, you know, in in putting that out there in some ways, is scared that the other other person is going to get mad, Mm -hmm. which, you know, is probably the case. uh, And our point would be basically that's fine. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That, you know, being able to sort of assert your needs or wants in a relationship's Uh, in a relationship sometimes will be stressful and that's okay because Mm -hmm. ultimately uh, perhaps you want to be in a relationship that you can not only feel comfortable in asserting these needs, but also be in a position to work them out constructively with your partner. Mm
1: -hmm. Okay. So, so I interrupt you that the, um, the first was, uh, noticing what your mind is telling you. And right. uh, in, in the second, um, be aware of emotions that you're avoiding.
2: Mm-hmm. So, and I'd say there's probably two more that folks mm-hmm. can tease out. Mm-hmm. Um, one, as, as I mentioned earlier, I guess this would be the third, mm-hmm. uh, is knowing what it means for you to value intimacy in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, what can you do that moves you in a direction towards intimacy with your partner. What are you willing to do? Really giving some active consideration to um, the kinds of things, the kinds of behaviors that allow you to be more engaged uh, with within your relationship.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. And uh, the fourth one you know, in, in the book, we also suggest considering the roles of compassion and self-compassion in your relationship. Mm-hmm. And, and here, if these are important values for you, then you can explore the degree to which you're pursuing them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Asking yourself, how have you cared for your partner today? Mm-hmm. Uh, asking yourself how you've cared for yourself perhaps by engaging with your own difficulties in ways that are self-validating and loving.
1: It seems if if a person could do that, they would be uh, less likely to look for filling the void. Mm
2: -hmm. Absolutely, absolutely.
1: Jonathan, uh, we've come to the end of the program. Who do you think um, should read this book?
2: (laughs) Everyone. Everyone. I guess I could say every, anyone who wants to be in a in a healthy intimate loving relationship but I, I suspect that would be most of us.
1: Yeah. Do you think uh, because it has an RFT in the title would that uh scare off people? Uh
2: it might. <laughs> uh However, what, what I think that it does is the book really allows us to appreciate our relationships in a, in a different context than the one that we're used to. And you know, in, in part, like our, our book uses some technical language to describe being in relationship. And in some ways I find that to be very helpful because it, it really facilitates us. in in seeing things differently relating to our relationships differently
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so you would recommend this is a valentine's day present
2: (laughs) (laughs) yes 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 Uh, absolutely make a wonderful valentine's day present um, and notice what your mind is telling you about that
1: (laughs) thank you so much for being on the program today with me jonathan
2: oh thank you much uh, so much joanne for having me i really appreciate it
1: You've been listening to Dr. Jonathan Kaplan. Jonathan is a clinical psychologist and adjunct professor in New York City. Uh, he works with uh, couples and has a, a general practice. He's also the author of Your Urban Mindfulness, and I hope that we can bring him back on another program and talk to us about this. Jonathan is the author of um, co-author of a new book that just came out, Act and RFT in relationships which you can look at by going on amazon.com and I will leave a link at the program thank you for joining us today
0: thank you for joining us today for more information about Joanne and her work please see her website at joannedahl.com or click on the host website icon in front of you on the webtalkradio.net page Joanne's books are available through amazon.com including her two latest the diet trap feed your psychological needs and end the weight loss struggle using acceptance and commitment therapy and act and rft in relationships helping clients deepen intimacy and maintain healthy commitments using acceptance and commitment therapy and rational frame theory amazon also carries her books on chronic pain and other topics we hope you'll join us again soon for another episode of act taking hurt to hope